We are back with Fort Worth Camera Radio, and we just finished the 2019 Fort Worth Photo Fest, and there's no rest for the wicked. We are right back at it, documenting local and sometimes not so local photographers. But in the meantime, one of our events, one of our most popular events from the the Photo Fest was uh, with a young man who's sitting right next to me right now, Mr. Aaron Poole. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, we have nothing prepared today. No questions prepared at all, but your storyline is one that's uh, not only fascinating, but easy to start with because you're a local guy. You're from Fort Worth. I am. I live one street over from oh, Fort Worth camera. You're, oh, you're really local. Okay, great. Oh, yeah. I walk to the store when I come. I enjoy my little strut down. Yeah, but you're not here very often, are you? I'm not. I make it back to Fort Worth probably about three to four times a year unless work brings me. Cool. So tell me about growing up here in Fort Worth. Where'd you go to school, man? I went to uh, Nolan Catholic High School, which was a fun experience. I started taking pictures in probably middle school at St. Andrews um, just for fun playing. My first yearbook editor job was seventh grade with Miss Vader, which then really turned into never going someplace without a camera. All right. Okay. And maybe your dad gave you a camera or something. How'd you get one in your hands? Yeah. So I got really lucky that my dad is an architect here in Fort Worth. So there was one special closet in our house where all of his photography equipment stayed, where he had his three different donkey bags that had all the old lenses. So one of my friends, when I'm probably eight or nine years old, started taking pictures with one of his dad's cameras. And I thought that was the coolest thing. So I started telling my dad about it. And we had a little family outing to a park area just outside of town. So he gave me a fully loaded camera with film, had to have set the exposure and everything because I had no idea what was going on (laughs) and just said, hey, run around and take pictures. And it was um, the Weston Gardens um, that has this cool pirate ship in the back um, and just a very beautiful garden. And I got a photo of a water lily that uh, I didn't think anything of had took in a book of shots, gave the role of uh, film to my dad to have developed. And when we got the images back, one of them had this really cool frame around it in it. And it had said that I had won essentially a photo contest that I didn't enter, didn't know what the photos were even going to look like. And it was really cool. That was the first time that someone said, oh no, we really like this photo. And that kind of started the whole, oh, maybe there's an eye for this that I do not understand. Um, But it was the first time that I ever had praise from a photograph that really stuck with me for a while. Well, your presentation at the Photo Fest just a few days ago was impressive. And it made people say, you know what? I want to do that. I want to shoot pictures like that. I want to have access to pictures like that. And we'll get to that in a moment. But let's continue this little walk down memory lane towards what you do now. So after Fort Worth, where'd you go? So after finishing up high school, I went to the University of Oklahoma, um, which yes, I'm one of the Texans that jumped the Red River. Um, But it was a really cool place for me where I got to kind of come into my own. My mother really wanted me to join a fraternity or some type of student life because- Your mother wanted you to join a fraternity. she, she She was sorority president of hers and felt that Greek life really added to her college experience. Mm. And I was by no means the brainiac. So mom was trying to find some place that I found a community. So going through all of the different rush things for men, it just really was not my thing. I didn't really find any place that 
that I liked or people that really connected to me. So her one, um, you know, big request, if I wasn't going to do that is I had to find some student organization to get to become part of. Um, at this point, I start looking around and I see a flyer for the student website. Um, and keep, at this point, I have not really picked up a camera since I was probably in middle school, early high school. So by no means was I looking to pursue photography. I saw that by working on this staff, you got an access to, or a credential essentially, to shoot the football games. And at OU, football is king. Sure. And I really thought that, oh, it'll just be cool to stand on the football field. I'll hold on to the camera, I'll take five or six photos, and then I'll just get to see the front row center of the game. And without even realizing how it was all going to go together, my first game shooting just fireworks went off. It was so much fun to get to choose how you viewed a sport. It's awesome. You're looking at it through a telescope and essentially you're the television director of what you're watching through that lens. Mm. And for me, that was such a different angle to getting to experience sports. Um, and it's funny, I didn't know what aperture was, shutter speed. Someone had basically told me, make that little number on the lens go as low as possible and then just make the little line even out. Like they had just given me visual cues, had no idea what I was doing. Um, and even to learn sports, this is something that I get teased about from a lot of my professional sports shooters now, is I used video games to learn how to shoot. Um, I would go through the day before OU played whoever it was and I would play it on a video game and then I would go through anytime there was a big play and try to make the coolest photo I could inside the video game. Then I would zoom out as far as possible. Like where would I have to stand on the field to get that angle of that play? So at that point, if that team had a bunch of running backs, the simulator would have lots of running. So I'd be like, oh, I need to be a little further downfield to be able to see that. And literally by making my own little replays in a video game, I was able to make images wow. that helped me figure out where do I need to be? Because I had no idea. I mean, the Associated Press photographers used to tease us. I mean, when you're first starting out, you don't even know the ethics or just the protocol of how to act. Like, I will never forget my second football game. I cheered when OU scored and to get the looks from the other photographers and one of the Getty photographers pulled me over and was really gracious it was like yeah we don't show reaction down here and it's no one teaches you really how to be a pro until you're amongst pros and that was definitely kind of baptism by fire of making lots of mistakes you didn't realize were mistakes that then someone very more times than not politely told you hey this is kind of not what you're supposed to do when you're here wow well you, you heard it here first folks framing photography through uh through better video games that's oh, yeah. uh i'm gonna have to remember that, that maybe that's a, a photo fest event next year <laughs> got to tie into gaming somehow so you are now known as someone who shoots award shows and celebrities and sports as well i, I want to continue talking about sports because you shot the olympics man that's mm -hmm. like the, one of the holy grails for most photographers that are into sports oh that was one of those first few things i ever truly believe i like spoke into existence um when i i went to two years of the university of oklahoma which really did not have any type of photography program so by my sophomore year i had become extremely involved in all of the different athletic departments I was shooting images I really liked, but I wasn't getting any real education in it. So the end of my freshman year, um, the Associated Press does a school-wide photo contest, and I was very fortunate to win my freshman year, which really made my mom sit back and say, all right, if photography is what you really enjoy doing and you want to make that your path, 
if you've already kind of won the school-wide thing as a freshman and they're not really designed to teach you, where are you going to get any better? Um, so at that point, I really decided that I needed to kind of take a break and kind of reset my priorities. I knew photography is what I wanted to do, but I was truly in that stage of life where I did not know what I did not know. Um, and luckily through my dad being a family friend, um, with Cliff, uh, Cliff Mature, our, uh, store godfather at the end of the day yeah he is um, he still is in spirit uh but uh was awesome and you know he and jeff spoke who owned fort worth camera here and basically just said my son's really into photography doesn't know much but he needs a job for the next six to eight months where he you know figure out where he wants to go to school and shift things do you guys have any space for him and jeff without even meeting <laughs> me literally says like come on in like let's figure out what we're doing and i'll never forget bringing in my little portfolio for day one and him saying, you know, photographers make awful, you know, salespeople, like don't think about the photo thing. Let's talk about equipment, which was probably one of the best things to ever happen to me in my career. Because every day when I came to work at Fort Worth Camera, I wasn't necessarily thinking about being a photographer. I was thinking, what does the equipment achieve? And it really taught me equipment and not just how can it serve me as a photographer, but what are the purposes all around. And I mean, one thing, Mackenzie, you know more than anything is you f get to fish some really interesting questions from people that are coming in. This camera is 10 years old. This battery's stuck. You get all these interesting problems that are not yours that you still have to problem solve through. And that, you know, it may not help you in that moment, but it kind of goes into this huge toolbox that you have that later on learning that this one, you know, cable can connect that to that may come down to help you you later on oh, and sure. it kind of takes people thinking at stuff that you're not thinking to get better and I really think that the reason that I love doing remotes and I really enjoy trying to push the envelopes of what equipment can do was getting to just have your hands on so much amazing equipment every day when you're selling it because you're playing with it you're toying with it and you're learning oh well that person really you can't do what they want to do with this but you can do it with this and being able to not only learn that but then articulate that to a customer really teaches you a lot of lessons that I don't think I appreciated in the moment that, you know, when you're at your first Olympics and your, you know, TTL cable goes out and you have to think of a workaround. Oh, well, that time that I told her that you can hook this into here and make it manual is now going to save my life. That's and right. those are the things that, you know, a really smart sales staff, you know, you really don't understand how much info they really have. And even, you know, as people look at where to get stuff, having a team that understands the product makes anything you buy so much more of a sound investment. And I really enjoyed getting to learn what people's needs were and how to meet them. And that's something that I don't think people really value people that work at places like this enough because the amount of knowledge they have, you're not going to Google that and get an easy, understandable answer. And to have people that know what they're doing, that's one of the things that I think makes this store and this community really special. Damn, man, you don't need me that gratuitous. This, is, this, this episode is about you, not us. Uh, but this place is still home to me. Like, it's funny. It's like, I, I understand that I'm not necessarily, quote unquote, a local photographer, but I'm definitely that Fort Worth boy that grew up here that Fort Worth Camera holds, not just because it's a unique store, but holds a very special place in my heart because Aww. had Jeff not given me that job, I legitimately couldn't tell you where I'd be doing right now. 
like so many things kind of fell in that. And even people that worked at the store in that time, we had a you know salesperson named Robert who knew Mac stuff inside and out. And half the reason I know how my server works, my backup system was having someone that just took the time to teach you some things that they didn't necessarily have to, that really puts you on a better trajectory moving forward. All right. So how did you end up in Los Angeles, California? So after working at Fort Worth camera and, you know, really looking at different, uh, photography school options, it really came down to Rochester and Brooks Institute. Um, and Jeff told me that it was going to be snowy and cold in New York and that I was going to hate that and that the beach and the scenery was going to be a lot better in California. So it was not the hardest sell to say that Santa Barbara and Ventura was going to be a little bit better than Rochester, New York. Um, (laughs) and then the one thing that truly I think is what made Brooks the only option for me is a student a current student was taken by a professor to the Beijing Olympics and to have the kind of recruiter to be able to tell me we put a student at the Olympic games in Beijing. And when I toured the school, that photo gallery was up and out and to get to walk into an art school and they tell you like one of our kids just got back from the Olympics as a sports photographer. I was like, Oh, you know, all right. So you're telling me that in two years, there's going to be a winter games. If I do well enough. And I literally just kept saying, all right, I'm going to go to the winter games in two years. Like I'll be that student. I'll figure it out. And, you know, luckily it's one of those things that I kind of spoke into fruition. Um, the art school offered a senior Olympics class where we went to San Diego or uh, Santa, um, Stanford. There we go. Palo Alto. Palo Alto. And uh, we, for one month, were the AARP Senior Games official photographers. And that was the first time I'd ever done a multi-day event. I had seen sports the first day that I had never covered before. And that was a great kind of training cycle for me. I was an underclassman that begged to get into the class. I had to literally work three of the recruiting days at our school for the professor to sign off to let me do one of the like upper division classes. And it was just one of those things where it clicked. I had been at Brooks long enough to have gotten my 100 level classes. I knew how my machine worked for the first time. And then I got to add all of that joy of sports that I had at OU all together. Okay. May I Mm -hmm. jump in real quick? Okay. So a question popped into my mind with this seemingly bulldog like tenacity that you're telling me about. Does that help you at all? Say shooting with a group of photographers with a gallery of photographers, maybe in a pit. Oh, the most terrifying thing ever was shooting the Sean white, um, Olympic snowboard finals because you're standing there next to Streeter Laka, Robert Beck. I mean, the biggest like SI photographers ever. And I mean, one thing that I was even teased about when I worked at Fort Worth camera is those were my superheroes. SI, I mean, Canon had a huge poster. Sports Illustrated for those who don't know. Sports Illustrated. And Canon had a huge poster ad that was like the entire SI team at like basically like at the Super Bowl or something. And my little sister literally had printed a life-size version of me out, cut it out and stuck it up on there. That's cute. My whole life was, I'm going to be on that Sports Illustrated staff. And even when I was getting to, you know, research more, I'll never forget our Canon rep passing on Peter Reed Miller's email address. And I, you would have thought I had just gotten Beyonce's phone number. And I'll never forget him having to like calm me down and be like, he's just a photographer. He's just a person. Just because you're really into this 
don't don't freak out too much and olympics was one of those things where i threw up 20 minutes before we got to vancouver we drove two days up because we had to haul all of the equipment for our team and i was so nervous because i'm a visual person and when i can't visualize what's going to happen that anxiety kicks in and you know you're going to the olympics you know you're going to create images but you can't see any of the images you're going to create because you haven't walked into those circumstances yet so at that point all you're doing is trying to sharpen a blade in your head that you don't know how you're going to use it and i just remember my buddy patrick uh, mcdermott who's now the national and capitals team photographer literally laughing at me because we had to pull the car over and i'm over the side of the road just heaving into a ditch because I'm so worked up getting there but it was one of the best blessings for me in the same because you're thrown on such a big stage with such amazing professionals so young you're gonna sink or swim and it's everything you did after that it was a little less scary because the Olympics it's amazing event I love getting to do them but it's a lot like prom until you you've never been there you don't know how to imagine it so it's this huge thing it's 26 straight days of sports and that's not as scary except when you hear the olympic games and i mean it was you learn how to work with tv crews you know how to scout you know photo spots there were, it was a real crash course for how to go into something and figure out how to shoot it in real time and i don't think anything in school can ever prep you for that um, especially at 22 years old. <laughs> so I guess if you forgive the uh, the translation, I suppose the Oscars would be the Olympics of entertainment and celebrities. How do you get... Okay, I want to be like you, all right? I want to shoot pictures on the red carpet in front of the stage or have a, a long lens trained to the stage of all my favorite musicians and celebrities. How does one like you get access to that? Really, the way I explain that to people is working your way backwards. I would say most of the things I photograph, I didn't choose or seek out photographing them. Even getting into red carpets and award shows was really an accident happenstance for me. So while I was at Brooks, um, Andrew Bernstein, the senior, uh, well, actually now, let me rephrase, Hall of Fame NBA photographer, um, came to my sports class as a guest speaker. Um, and he is not only the Hall of Fame you know, NBA photographer, he's also the senior photo director for Staples Center. Um, and I idolize Andy, wonderful human. I got to work under him for nine years and it was some of the best times of my life. Um, he came to class and looked at our photos and you know, I emailed him back. He liked my work, but didn't hear anything from him for about six months. And then completely out of the blue, I get a phone call saying that his entire team has to be at another event and Staples Center needs a photographer for the MTV Video Music Awards. What's my day rate? And I mean, not, have you shot this before? Do you knew it? Just one of those, he assumes you're a professional and you weren't going to correct him. And I, you know, remember emailing one of my professors, Anacleto Rapping, who was a Pulitzer Prize winner and just saying, how do you shoot a red carpet? I don't know it. I've never been on one. And it was my love of sports and wanting to get into Staples Center. The only need he had was for someone to shoot concerts and award shows and everything that essentially wasn't sports. And I was so excited to want to be there that I was like, all right, I'll just learn this. I'll figure it out. It's so 
some point, one of the sports spots may open up, but until then I'm going to figure out how to do this. And I mean, it like my you know family laughs all the time. I thought I was going to be nothing but a hundred percent pure sports my whole career. And now I'm probably more known for being bumped into on the red carpet. And that came from literally someone having a position that was by no means ideal or what I wanted to do, but just saying, I'm going to make the best of it, figure out what I can make it do. And then it leads you to all these other things. You know, I think the Olympics was the only thing where I was like, I really want to do this. And it happened. The rest of it was really kind of Alice going down the rabbit hole. And these things just kind of jumped out and surprised you. Um, I flew back. I went to Michael Jackson's funeral as a card runner um, purely because someone needed someone that knew the building. And there are these really weird things where I could never have said, oh, I want to be at Michael Jackson's funeral. But when someone's like, oh, we need a runner. Who do we find? You'd be surprised where people organically bring you into these different situations. And then honestly, being able, you know, doing the red carpets and the stuff for Staples Center and Microsoft Theater, I met another group of photographers called Image Group LA that are kind of the secret, just ninjas of the red carpet photography world. They have an amazing well, no, no team. Secret, yeah, the way. yeah. Only these few secrets will know. Um, but they're a really great group that just stays under the radar, but executes lots of really cool projects and they're made of a collective of independent contractors and um, being on a red carpet for the house um, at Staples Center there was a random event where some of the I hate calling them paparazzi photographers but the the photo pen that become a little bit more aggressive were having kind of a rough day and they had started making a scene with another photographer. So I did my best just to quietly call our security to kind of work out a situation. And it just so happened one of the photographers that I helped out was the head photographer at Image Group. And they came over and said, you know, do you shoot? And literally I made what was one of the biggest connections in my photography career from just seeing a situation and doing a little bit to help it and there being a reward for someone seeing how you handled a tense situation. And that really, you know, springboarded me into doing a lot more of the award shows and that kind of stuff. Okay. Time for entertainment. Less about photography, time for entertainment. Give me some stories. I want some dirt. I, give, tell me a cool story about someone you met that we all know and uh, or a, so maybe a scrape he got into. My, my mom's favorite positive story to start on that direction oh. is... Uh, the first time that I got to cover the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductions, um, Quincy Jones was one of the uh, uh-huh. initiates. And uh, Oprah Winfrey and Ed Sheeran were there to do their, uh, basically the speech that leads into the award. And I got to go backstage with them right before to shoot some trade shots. And what that is, is that's basically the general manager of the building getting photographs with the talent that's there for trade publications. Um, And I was in there doing a lot of those and I got a quick shot of Oprah and Quincy that I really liked that I showed my publicist really quick and she smiled, Oprah saw her smile. So they wanted to see the photo. I turned the back of the camera, show Quincy and Oprah the photo and Oprah looks at me and goes, that's such a cute photo and gives me this quick arm around the shoulder hug. And I stopped her and said, you know, Miss Winfrey, I'm a Southern boy. I just have to tell you, getting an Oprah hug has been on my bucket list my whole life. And she literally looks at me and goes, sweetie, that's not an Oprah hug. And just 
bear hugs me in the middle of this room. And uh, as I joked with people, it's like, I can now get into heaven because I have been cleansed by Oprah. Um, and it was really cool. Like that moment was a really neat one. And then later at the Golden Globes, several years later, um, when she won one of the career achievement awards, as she walked off the stage, she saw me and gave me another hug and said, well, I guess that's hug number two for you, honey. She remembered. As she walked by. And that was one of those things that always definitely made me smile. Well, this is good because normally the, the titles of these podcasts come from something you say. So it's either going to be Oprah hug or cleansed by Oprah. See, there we go. That's, that's how you know. And the second one was the guarantee. Cleansed the first, the first hug was, perfect. all right, I, there's still a fighting chance. Once you got two, you were set. Aaron Poole cleansed by Oprah. Okay. But then it gets into the, where, what everyone asks is, what is it like to photograph the people you like or look up to? And that's always the very fishy thing because people have their good days and bad days. Days, but there's nothing worse than having a talent that you really like or look up to and they are a dick in person <laughs> um there was a band i won't use the band's name but they won several grammys one year and does it I, rhyme with something the band's name <sighs> like we'll, we'll just say i'm not mean day uh no bumford and sons oh yes we'll, we'll i've not say, heard of them before um but I was a huge fan. I very rarely, when you're a concert photographer, you don't buy concert tickets often. You only see the concerts that come to your venue, but you don't really go see a lot of other ones. Okay. I had purchased tickets to see them probably three weeks after the Grammys. They do well at the Grammys. I am so excited to see these guys. And in the back press room, they've, they're rock stars. They've had a bit to drink, but every time they pose with the Grammy, they put their middle finger up in front of it. Oh, that's so every single photo is unusable. They understand it and I get their kind of wanting to edge but I'll just never being like I didn't even want this photo for my client this one was for me and to have someone that's just not working with you not wanting to like in any way take it that was one of those few times where I remember being like all right I'm always going to keep that little distance between the bands and things I really like and then the other ones but then you also have people like Ed Sheeran I photographed Ed Sheeran for the very first time on his 21st birthday when he was doing a mid-size show in LA. I mean, this has to be probably nine years ago, eight years ago. Then I get to photograph him when he does his first Microsoft Theater show, his first Staples Center show. I get to be around him as he's nominated for two Grammys that he doesn't win. Then on the third year when he's nominated for Best Album and wins, I got to be in the group of people that were in a back little bar with him. And we got to take a shot um, of tequila with his whole group as a cheers to his album. And that was really surreal to get to be with an artist that you really like who is a great person and to get to kind of congratulate them on their success like as fans we always get to say oh great for them but very rarely do you actually get to stand there and kind of see that person receiving that energy and that was really cool so you've got lots of pictures of today's stars mm -hmm. did you ever get a hold of a, a, a an image of say someone like Bill Murray. Oh yeah. Well, and Bill Murray's up there. I've, I've gotten to have a couple of cool little Bill Murray moments. I, okay. So the, the, thank you. It's, it's by strategy. I mentioned ah. Bill Murray, by oh, the yeah. way. So he's a weird cat from what everybody says on the internet because everybody's got a Bill Murray story. Cause he's an iconoclast. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's, he's, he's different. He's hilarious, but he's 
one of a kind. Oh, absolutely. And it's cool because I've had my Bill Murray photograph, which is just, I... I've always, starting off, the hardest thing I had as red carpet was loosening up to actually talk to talent. I enjoy observing. I like to micro watch the talent. I don't usually enjoy speaking or getting involved in any way. Um, There was one photo where I was like, screw it, it's Bill Murray. And I don't even remember what the like little joke is that I said, but I got a genuine laugh out of him. And the photo of him genuinely laughing directly at me is probably one of my favorite like kind of OG moments. Um, But then I was also really lucky a few years later at the Golden Globes, I actually think it was this past one, I'm sitting in the Beverly Hilton bar with a couple of our other photographers, um, grabbing some drinks and just kind of chatting out what we're about to do going into the Globes. And next thing we know, Bill Murray pops down into the seat next to us because he's watching the football game because Chicago is in the first round of the playoffs and they are losing. So he is not having it at the same time. We're trying to have this little meeting. And at one point he said something along the lines of like, I'm not going to slow down. So I'm either buying you guys drinks or y'all have to leave. And he literally ordered beers for everyone that was sitting there. So he didn't feel like he was the only one at the bar that was drinking or watching the game. So there you go. That's a Bill Murray. Oh yeah. And then I've had Jack Nicholson buy me a beer, which was one of those moments where I've never been so excited and terrified and all I, I at the exact that. same time. And it, Andrew Bernstein and he are really close. So Andy's like, oh, this is my photographer. If you need anything, he's here. And then Andy heads out to photograph Kareem or somebody else and somewhere else and just leaves me. And to have that moment where Jack just looks at you and you're like, am I supposed to disappear, leave, smile? Like I just completely terrified. And then my worst a verbal abuse story. Here we go. This is, is, this is good. We're ramping up towards the, last, the end. The last week of the House of Blues on Sunset, I got to come in for Live Nation and I was the photographer that did the whole kind of closing of the House of Blues on Sunset. Um, and one of the last dinners was Dan Aykroyd, yep. um, who is one of the main investors and founders, kind of giving a foundation room uh, toast or something. And he probably had started much earlier in the day. With his fancy vodka. uh, But the clicks of my camera really got on his nerves. And instead of kind of giving me the quick subtle, like, hey, that's it, or like the like cut it out, I got verbally abused in front of about 200 people where he not only cursed me out, he stopped speaking, made them part the seas, and made me leave the room and by before the way, he finished. And, and by the way, you can use graphic language. This is uh... Oh, yeah. Yeah, completely. They And the best part was, is embarrassed to all get out. Huge fan of Dan Aykroyd on top of that. Probably about a month later, I was shooting an expo for AEG, and a woman who was a member of the foundation room walks up to me and asks me, "By any chance, have you ever <laughs> shot at House of Blues?" Were they had guy? she had the video of him doing it and was like, "We felt so awful about that." And to have somebody come up to you that long after, it was just one of those things where I was mortified in the moment, and then it has become one of those things where everybody has a bad day, but how you handle those is what teaches you so many lessons to have that many people watch you walk out of a room will definitely give you some thick skin for whatever happens to you next. But that one was one of those. And then, I mean, that's the thing that I love about my job is because I know how to operate a piece of machinery, I get to meet people that are 
excellent at what they do. And I think that's the thing that I really try to never take for granted is I operate be only because I take pictures in a society essentially that only allows those of immense excellence to join and to get to have people that become real impacts in our society, in our world, and to get to meet them in person. I mean, I've gotten to chat with Jeff Bezos. I've gotten to meet our last three standing presidents. I mean, really, I've you know been at the Oscars and been instantly called by Secret Service, ushered into a room to photograph Steven Spielberg, um, Bob Iger, and Joe Biden. And to have moments where it's like, I don't belong here. Like, I, I should not be around any of this. And purely because my passion for excellence and using Using a piece of machinery puts me in the at least the realm of getting to document these people. And I mean, when Lin Manuel became this, you know, real, you know, treasure, to get to have these cool moments of getting to chat with him and cross paths with him, you know, one of the photographs I show in my presentation is not a really cool photograph, but it's a photograph of the piece of paper that the very first Mickey Mouse was ever drawn on. And oh, wow. for something that is so iconic, that is almost to a religious level for some people, you know, Mickey has this larger than life feeling and to see paper and pen, that was one of those days where the world just shrunk four sizes for me because everything became so possible in my mind. You saw what literally, you know, two people stood around a desk and did these lines and over 90 years later, it is a living, breathing entity. And for that to be so much smaller, you know, that's the thing that I think I'm the most fortunate is I'm only a few degrees of separation from so many amazingly you know, talented people that it really shows me that anything can be done by anyone. And it's really who has the passion, the drive and who at the end of the day, there's a moment where you're either going to take a leap of faith or you're going to check your surroundings. And those people that realize that flying and falling is the same feeling. It's all just your point of view. That really is what takes you a little bit further. Cause I'll tell you when I started day one at Fort Worth camera, I had felt like such a failure in life. I was still figuring out my purpose, what I wanted to do. And then to get to give a presentation in that same store 11 years later and to get to feel that progress. I mean, that was a gift that Fort Worth camera truly gave me is you don't stop to look at what you've done very often and to kind of get to quote unquote, come home and feel that progression. That was a lot of fun for me. And, you know, to have Jeff get to go from, this is the kid that I'm just going to give a chance to because his dad knows my dad. And then to see him in the back proud of the photography you've done, that's a really cool feeling of someone that picked you up when they didn't necessarily have to and put you on a path that ultimately became your dreams becoming fulfilled. And that is something where this store is always going to be more than a store to me because that's the community that it has that makes it more than just where did I get my equipment from? It became, this is where I get the source of my equipment, my inspiration, good people. And even, you know, there are days I've gotten to come in here and chat with other photographers that I've never known before, but that as soon as you see their work, you were so impressed and then get to have a moment of picking their brain, asking their advice. I mean, that's the thing that you know, you're not going to get anywhere else. And I don't think people necessarily understand how spoiled they are to have it at times because you can come in here on a Wednesday and there is either sales staff or photographers in here that know a lot more than what I consider standard photography knowledge. And I think that's what makes it a really cool, you know, 
and I keep saying community store, it, you know, it has such multi-tiered connection here that, you know, I just, I truly think this is a special place and I'm thankful to be, you know, in a very tiny piece, a little bit of the mosaic that is Fort Worth Camera. We are running long, but that's okay. We're making time for you. Give me a real thumbnail sketch of your brand selections, if you don't mind, your cameras and perhaps mm -hmm. your lights. So, oh yeah. So I am a Nikon and pro photo photographer. Um, I, you know, full body cameras are by far my choice. I'm playing with the mirrorless. I'm trying to get there. It's still a work in progress. Um, I absolutely adore my pro photo equipment. That has been something I've added within the last two years. I went to visual journalism school. I was never taught strobes or lighting whatsoever. Mm. And in doing basketball, a lot of people don't realize this, and I'm about to ruin NBA games for so many people right now. But next time you watch a game, before the shot goes off or right around, watch really closely and you're going to see flashes. You've never seen them before. I just ruined television for you, but those strobes are actually built into the ceiling and that is what allows them to get perfect frozen photographs. And as I started doing more and more basketball, I would go into high school gyms, college gyms that don't have enough light and you have to bring in your own strobes and light it up. So I got into strobes and lighting through necessity of having to build out lights. Then when I shifted from Dynalite to Profoto, I mean, I'm not trying to put down any companies, but I have never had such a quality jump in a product that it was, oh, I'm getting to learn how to truly create light. And that was something that I'm still struggling with learning. Um, but technology right now has made it to where all these new, you know, B1Xs, B10s, battery powered lights are now at a level they've never been before. And I was one of those kids in art school that I loved doing environmental portraits. So I would bring a thousand feet of power cable to find one park that has a power outlet to try to run something out to hook up lights. And to now to be able to take 2000 watts of power and four heads out without straps is the coolest thing ever to me. Um, so I really enjoy, you know, Profoto, the A1 flash, if you're even semi debating it, do it. Um, I love that flash more than anything. Um, you know, Nikon and Canon make wonderful optics, sensors, lenses, light is just not their main focus. And I think that's what was a real game changer is all pro photo cares about is light. And to get to learn what you can do with that really added a new element. I think light scares a lot of photographers. I think prime lenses and what you can get with beautiful light is amazing. I always want natural light over you know, artificial light, but to be able to create artificial light that looks real or yeah. feels that that is a level that I'm not there. That blows my mind that once you can either do what God works with perfect. If he's given you a rough day to be able to supplement that is a really valuable thing. And you know, that's the first thing I always, you know, not to throw any wedding photographers under the bus, but any friends that are hiring them, if I always tell them, if they say they only shoot available light, mm -hmm. that's always a red flag to me. Like it's about, you know, using the tools. And I think light is a tool that scares a lot of photographers. Sure. And I think that was one thing that I got really lucky with is I had to use it to strobe a gym. Then what I started doing was 
convincing Nike, hey, like, let me do a portrait of the player of the game after every game we do. Then I was starting to get to do these quick little portraits on the sidelines, and that's where I got to play. Like, well, if I snoot this, what if I gel these back color lights? And that's where I really got to learn what lighting could do, and it still scares me. I I know what I don't know, but I'm still trying to learn all the different skill sets. And that's why, like, some of your photo fest stuff with the light painting and motion, those are things that we all see them, we love them, but you don't always train yourself on how to do some of those kind of effects. And that's what's so cool of getting to find things, you know, with social media, you're now getting access to so many photos a day. You know, I, I always look at photographers to see how many people follow them and how many people do they follow because I probably follow 3000 accounts on Instagram. Like I just am hungry to see cool content. And that's to me, you know, my version of working out every day is how many different photos did I look at to see how someone else saw the world differently than me? Cause that's what I've learned with photographers. None of us like our own photographs that much because it's how we see the world. But then you look at another photographer who may have shot the same thing you did, but if they looked at it a little differently, you love that photo because they thought about it differently than you did. And you are impressed by someone kind of maneuvering the same elements you had, but differently. And that's where I love chatting with other photographers. And I've never quite understood where certain photography clicks become kind of competitive because to me, the more you share that knowledge, the better everyone becomes. I was really fortunate to be a member of the Eddie Adams workshop um, when I was younger. And if you are a college student or fresh out of college and you do not know what the Eddie Adams workshop is, Google it, search it. I mean, that was probably one of the most defining experiences of my life. Um, and for those of you that don't know, it's a three-day course up in upstate New York. Um, it's a legacy of the late Eddie Adams. His wife still keeps it going. But the photo editor and you know head photographers of pretty much anywhere you could imagine all come to this farm once a year. And I mean, it's National Geographic, it's Time Magazine, Getty Images, Associated Press, Reuters. I mean, if you, it's basically the photography combine, in my opinion. And you spend all day shooting photo assignments that have been designed for you that are as far out of your wheelhouse as they can create it. And I, you know, it's, it's a great performance. I ended up shooting a tattoo artist and a nail salon place the whole time. Um, <laughs> and it's, they literally, if you do sports, then we're going to put you in portraits if you do this. And I mean, the people you got you get to meet there. Um, Al Bello, the senior sports photographer for Getty Images, became one of my mentors there. And it's all these people that love what they do so much, they want to share it. And I'll never forget one of my first days there, I was asking Al Bello how he had done a underwater portrait of Michael Phelps that just blew my mind. And the second I asked, I instantly apologized for asking and said, oh, I'm sorry, like you probably don't want to give that, you know, that's a secret, I'm so sorry. And I'll never forget him smiling at me and say, Aaron, like I'm here to give all my secrets away. Like if you see something like, let's go. And even to this day, you know, 11 years later, if I'm about to shoot a boxing thing for the first time, I know Al Bello has seen every sport imaginable that he'll still shoot me a text or an email in the middle of the night to say, Hey, try this. Or last time I did this and to have someone that you respect, even if it's not necessarily passing knowledge, but just talking you off the ledge those things really, you know, that's the community of, that you want to hold on to. And if you're, you know, a young professional and you have the opportunity to jump into that, it's, you know, 
by far worth it. I had never had a tattoo in my life. I was never going to get a tattoo in my life. My tattoo artist said she would only let me photograph her if I had a tattoo. And I literally in that exact moment took my shirt off and said, all right, well, let's do this. And I have an aperture tattoo on my upper shoulders to make sure that I could get the best photo I could at this workshop to prove that I was dedicated. (laughs) Aaron Poole, we always ask a final question. And this question is, while you're sitting in your home in Glendale, California, does Fort Worth ever cross your mind? Absolutely. Uh, Fort Worth is a special place. And like I said, it's home. So to me, it it comes across the, the interesting thing is just trying to find ways to get back. Um, I enjoy, luckily, one of my major clients does a lot of work in Dallas. So I get to come back, you know, pretty regularly. But um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting that point in my career where I'm trying to figure out how to trans transition back in more. Um, like I said, it, the start of my career really was going down the rabbit hole with Alice. And I think you get blinders on as you do that. Then you hit a point where you're not trying to survive or you kind of think like, cause I'll never forget most of my twenties. I wanted to be a photographer. I didn't consider myself one, but you're like, Oh, there'll be some day that I realize I'm a photographer. And that day doesn't really come. You just get more experience under your belt and you're able to kind of shift your focus. Um, cause one thing I know I'm hoping to do, depending on how it works, I was, I would love to make it back to be able to teach and have a little bit more presence, you know, in here. I, I kind of went out solo to gain all these different lessons. And I've now hit that point where I want to give some of my secrets away, kind of like Al did. Um, so yeah, Fort Worth is hard not to think about any, any city your mom lives in. You're not, you know, letting it escape you too much. And I mean, my dad has been so, you know, I mean, I don't even know the right word, but you know, for people that don't, my father, Philip Poole has done, you know, a lot of stuff for seventh street. You know, he's, you know, helped work on a lot of these different buildings in the cultural district and any place where your family has been so invested in a place, it's hard for that not to seep into you. And my parents love Fort Worth. You know, my dad truly has a passion to make this city as beautiful and friendly as it can be. And to watch someone work that hard to improve a place really, you know, that stays in your mind, I think. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you for having me, guys. This has been a presentation of Fort Worth Camera at 1600 Montgomery Street in the Cultural District of Fort Worth, Texas. I'm Mackenzie Hughes. Our engineer is Greg Woods. For more information about Fort Worth Camera, visit fortworthcamera.com. And for more information on the Fort Worth Photo Fest, please visit fortworthphotofest.com.